Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know They really don't. They don't have they don't have inner source they don't have people in my inner circle who are sources I can promise you that it's a very uh, there's a finality to the decision mm-hmm. and I don't make it lightly I don't want to drag anybody around look I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it how long we gotta wait well I think it won't be long. be long but it's not yet not yet isn't that the line from gladiator i will see you again but i think you're yet. right something like that not yet i'm all flustered right now i, I had that some technical it. difficulties i'm trying to get it all straight here okay i don't know come why. on unleash unleash you'll feel better let oh. it fly say feck a few times i mean these... i've gotten some great feedback right? by the way by the yeah, way go let me ahead. Just say this before you start into your torrent of profanity the prevailing, overwhelming feedback I receive from our friends who watch on Sky Sports Action. Remember, it's Sky Sports NFL during football season, but, but it transmogrifies, as Calvin used to say, into Sky Sports Action in the offseason. They have said that feck is not a swear word. Wow. Feck, feckin'. So whenever the impulse strikes you, don't worry about it. It wasn't bleeped yesterday when you said feckin'. I assume it wasn't bleeped when I said it. So there you go. So as you get ready to weave a tapestry of profanity, just use that instead, please. Well, I just hate feckin' technology. That's what the problem is, okay? It's just, and, you know, they give us these computers. They got 90 million, you know, updates, check into this system, check into that system. And it's always a new update. And, of course, they always happen like when the first time I open up the computer in the morning and, you know, check into global systems in case I want to, you know, get on the NBC corporate, you know, all this crap. And it's just it slows down my computer. So I wake it up today and it's downloading crap and then it's turning off and then downloading again. 
So I think I'm okay. I think I'm out of the clear. I think I made it. But, uh, yeah, it drives me crazy. I mean, it feckin' drives me crazy. I would assume your own personal browsing habits have nothing to do with the slowing down of your computer. <laughs> it could. It could. I don't know. I'm not sure about that type of technology. I'm not that smart. <laughs> but, yeah, my browsing habits could have something to do with it. You never know. I'm not sure either. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, plenty of browsing being done on Monday to figure out the destination of Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about him later because there's no news, sort of, as it relates to the delicate genius slash Prince of Darkness who has yet to make a decision and is officially holding two franchises hostage because if you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, you approach free agency one way. If you're not going to have him, you approach free agency a different way. So it actually screws the Jets more than the Packers right now because I think the Packers have come to terms with their wish coming true that they're not going to have him. But again, we'll talk about that later. It's PFT Live, Peacock, Sirius XM, 85, Sky Sports Action, and uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I wish they would just get rid of the two-day negotiating window. They started it about 10 years ago because tampering was so rampant. They felt like they needed to create a window in which tampering was allowed to happen, negotiations could occur, and Early on, they had these weird rules like you could negotiate, but you couldn't reach a deal. Well, what if you accidentally reach a deal? What if the two sides make their positions known and it's like, well, we just accidentally made a deal? Well, did we just become best friends? I mean, what, so now it's open season. So why even do it? Because it just confuses people. You have people out there that think it doesn't start till tomorrow. If you think it doesn't start till tomorrow, you've already missed it. Yeah, you missed all the good action. The the only thing about this negotiating window is it gives both sides of every deal a chance to renege and not sign. And it's happened a couple of times with players. It never happens with teams, but it has happened with players because these deals aren't done until they're done. So that's the one thing to keep in mind. Any of these contracts are subject to change. The player could wake up tomorrow today anytime between now and 4 p.m eastern on wednesday and say i'm just not doing it have we i don't you know actually as you're talking about that i'm going have we ever seen seen that i, I the only one i that yes, I could, anthony bar anthony bar is the only one i could think of right there right where he frank uh, gore your buddy oh and frank, Hall of famer okay yep yeah i got you thank you very much uh yeah frank gore i mean i, I forgot about the anthony bar was the jets right went back to minnesota uh, Frank Gore, which one was that? I don't remember that one exactly. When did he do it? Eagles, 2015. Oh, that's right. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Went to the Colts instead. Right, right. No, but, you know, I mean, you make up, you make some good points. You're right. I don't know why we just don't have an official kickoff and just get it started, but I guess they're worried about, you know, they, they'd have people cheat the system that way too. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it is. It's like a what? As long as there's a system, they're going to cheat it. I know. As long as there's You're a right. system, they're going to cheat it. Right. Tampering's going to, unless free agency began the week of the scouting combine, there's always going to be tampering. And even then, the tampering happens before that. It just happens. As long as they're discreet about it, they're not going to get caught. And sometimes when they're blatant about it, they're not going to get caught. Like last week when Bobby Slowick, the Texans' offensive coordinator, was blatantly committing textbook tampering with Jimmy Garoppolo by speaking about Garoppolo while he was still under contract with the 49ers. So <laughs> it, it's just, just accept it. And act accordingly because this 52-hour window that they've embraced over the past decade, I don't think it does what they wanted to do. I know what they've wanted to do for years, Chris. They've wanted to have basically a hat ceremony like they do for high school kids picking their colleges. There's just no way to control the flow of the information that way. They should just wave the, what is it, white flag, green flag, whatever flag starts the race. Just wave the freaking flag, the feckin' flag, and get off to it. That's the thing. I got to work. Beckoning in for freaking 
Feckin' just sounds cool. <laughs> I like it. And it sounds bad. It sounds worse than it is. So it definitely welcome does. Welcome to my vocabulary. Feckin'. So wave the feckin' flag and let's get on with it already. <laughs> Is that, not, was that close? That's not I, bad. Sure that's I'm not bad. I mean, for an Italian guy, you don't. It's not a bad Irish accent. I'll, <laughs> Pete I'll give says, you that. "Oh God." Yeah, Pete uh, says, "Oh God." I'll give you that. Hey, everybody can. T- everybody's allowed to speak with an Italian accent. If I want to speak with an Irish accent, I will. Oh, thank because you. Because you never know when someone's going to say that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> it's hard to do them both back to back. Yes, it is. All right, thank you. You done? It's you hard done to acting? You, it's hard to pivot from Irish done, to Italian. You, you done? Ready I'm to talk about football now, or you want to do some more Oscar? renditions here i'm i'm feckin' tired all right so yeah, me too uh let's get to it. we had a big day yesterday too we had 120 stories posted at pft i woke up at six and banged out three of them before i got in the shower and uh you know we got a lot going on there's a lot happening all right let's get to it uh let's focus and, and pete demolitis has had the task of coming up with taking yesterday's chaos and turning it into something structured so We're starting with what the contenders out there have done. Because we see every year teams that aren't contenders try to spend their way into relevance. The real question is, what have the rich done to stay rich? Let's start with the Chiefs, because it's now clear that Orlando Brown won't be back. They snagged Jawan Taylor from the Jaguars on a four-year deal. Uh, And uh, that's the replacement. For Orlando Brown, period. That's it. They're doing the swap. They wanted a long-term answer at tackle. They didn't want to do the franchise tag dance with Orlando Brown. They didn't want to pay him $20 million, 19.99 to be exact, under the franchise tag. So, Chris, your thoughts on Orlando Brown out, Jawan Taylor in for the Chiefs. I'm kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Jawan Taylor, I really like the player. He's good. He certainly fits the mold. He's a guy that's been playing right tackle, right? So, like like Orlando Brown, who left the Ravens and then went to the Chiefs, he's going to have to make that adjustment. But the Chiefs are one of those teams, Mike, like we've talked about before, like the Steelers with wide receivers, Andy Reid and his eye for talent on the offensive line. When he signs somebody, I go, oh, oh, oh. He sees something he likes, and he knows there's something he can do here to mold this guy into exactly what he wants for the Chiefs' offense. You know, I think the shocker for me is, hey, Jawan Taylor certainly worth this contract. You know, big, good feet, long arms, prototype left tackle from that standpoint. You know, like Orlando Brown, got a lot of heat when he came into the league for being a little sloppy. You know, body sloppy, maybe not the most professional, slow-footed that way as far as work ethic, I meant professional. You know, there was that kind of rumor around him, but certainly got that right and on the right track. And then, hey, this is essential. We know that. Hey, one thing we've seen here is if you give 15 a little time, he can beat just about anybody. But I am shocked, Mike, from this fact that they didn't get done with Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown's a really damn good left tackle. And I, it, that, that to me is the most interesting point, Mike. What did he do? He priced himself out of this, you know, whole conversation. Yes. And, and it, that's certainly what it seems like from the outside looking in. Now, first of all, I'm glad you clarified when you characterized Juwan Taylor as sloppy that you meant professional only. I, uh, yeah, I to think that he doesn't wash his hands after using the bathroom. That would be – that would be – I would use that as gross. Like, he's got hygiene problems. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like eating a hamburger off the floor <laughs> exactly. at LaGuardia Airport. Exactly. That would fall into that category. <laughs> so, it's possible since Andrew Wiley left the Chiefs for the Commanders – it's possible Taylor gets plugged into right tackle. I thought Orlando that maybe. Brown right. is the prodigal son. 
if if he you know they may have been just they they maybe they're thinking okay Orlando Brown goes out to market and he wants too much we know he wants too much and no one's going to give him what he wants so let him go find out on his own he's not going to listen to us let him go find out on his own what's not out there and then maybe he comes back to us on a more reasonable deal because it's easier to play left tackle and right tackle and left guard and right guard and center when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes and can run around and buy time and help you avoid getting your sack numbers up because you've got a quarterback who has the mobility to avoid being sacked even if you whiffed on the guy you were supposed to block. So there's still a chance. The first reaction yesterday, though, was widely, I'd say, Juwan Taylor replaces Orlando Brown without any thought given to Andrew Wiley, like I did at the top of the show. So thank you, Pete, for reminding me that Wiley is gone. And it could be they're just really upgrading at right tackle by spending a lot on Juwan Taylor, and then they're going to find a way to keep Orlando Brown. But that's kind of the way it goes. When you see a big contract for an offensive lineman, when he's a tackle, you're going to assume left because left is more valuable. I, I, I haven't done the research recently, which is a fancy way of saying I don't know. I can't imagine a lot of teams have right tackle making more money than left tackle unless right tackle's on second contract like Brian O'Neill in Minnesota and left tackle like Christian Darrisaw is under rookie contract. If you have both guys on a second contract, I think the left tackle's making more money than the right tackle. More times than not, I think you're right. I can, you know, Lane Johnson with the Eagles is maybe one of the few you know, specific ones that I can think of right off the top of my head, right? Um, you know, who else am I missing there? Maybe Braden Smith. Right, uh, for and and uh, who's your guy up at, at the at the the Minnesota Vikings right now? Um, Brian O'Neill. Uh, Brian O'Neill on the right. Yeah, Brian O'Neill on the left. Yeah. Right, right. O'Neill on the right. Yeah, he said it. So yeah, okay, you said that one. Sorry, but yeah, you're right. You it's it's rare. Yeah. You no, know, I was. I was also trying to think in my mind if there was any one, other ones out there. And Pete likes to talk a lot in our ears, so it's hard sometimes. But the the other yeah. thing too. Is yeah, I, I think I, we just need to give up telling Pete not to talk in our ears because it's never going to stop. The, no matter the, how many times we say the left tackle thing, I, I know the left tackle thing, though. You know, when you really look at that, too, the, the uh, there's more value there because it's the blind side, but I don't think it's as great as it used to be, right, Mike? I mean, that that's it's still a thing, but it's not a thing into the fact that. It doesn't matter. Nick Bosa likes to go to both sides, and he's going to attack either tackle uh, according to what the defense calls or sometimes mismatches or whatever. So, you know, you're going to see the best pass rushers, whether you're at the right tackle or left tackle. Generally, right tackle can maybe be a better run blocker. Left tackle is the blind side. That's probably the biggest difference. Here's the reality. Yeah. You could have, okay, um, Anthony Munoz. Larry Allen, Mike Webster, Gene Upshaw, and me. And if I'm there among those four all-time greats, I'm the one they're coming at. They're going to exploit the weakness wherever the weakness is. So you got to have five across. Otherwise, they're going to blow through the weakest spot on the line. So there's value across the board, up the middle, around the edges. You got to have great tackles on each side. So all we know for now is Jawan Taylor has joined the Chiefs. Orlando Brown still available, not linked to anyone yet because, as you surmised, I think he wants too much. And there, there is a way potentially the dominoes fall that he comes back to Kansas City. We'll just see. Yeah, I, right. I, I, you know, I, I don't expect it, you know, how we started. It, it doesn't seem like that. I would think it would be a huge 
like blow, whoa, I, wow, the market's really not where I thought it might be. But, my, you know, the one thing I'll throw out there to you, Mike, too, is, you know, even if they can get him back for, let's say he was asking for $23 million a year or top-of-the-market left tackle type money, you know, they, are they, if he says, okay, I'll come back for 18 or 19 a year, do you think they do it? You know, I just I look at their team and I go, wow, you know, you're paying Joe Tooney a lot of money, right? And so that, that's a big contract. You got Jawan Taylor. You know, Creed Humphrey at center is going to be coming down the pipe here at some point. And I think there's some other guys that we certainly could talk about. Chris Jones maybe a sweetener, uh, certainly that. So that's where I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to get that all done with that much money along the front line. Well, and one of the realities that we'll see starting by the end of the week, really, the guys who overprice themselves on a multi-year deal doing one-year contract, bet on yourself, come back next year. So would it stun me to see something along the lines yeah, of I hear that. 17, 18, 19, plus incentives based on playing time, yeah. incentives based on championship or achievement by the team. You can come up with a way to get him to where he wants to be if you dangle enough carrots and he successfully catches those triggers that he's going to be pursuing under the incentive package in his contract. But, you know, we saw Evan Ingram do that last year with a one-year deal with the Jaguars. We see it every year. Juju Smith-Schuster with a one-year deal last year with the Chiefs. You do a one-year deal, you put a pin in it, and you wait and see. Smith-Schuster's done two one-year deals. He did one with Pittsburgh and stayed. Right. Then he did one with the Chiefs, and now he's back on the market again, and the Chiefs waiting to see what happens there. Um, The 49ers, another team that is – doing what they have to do to get even better. Everyone was wondering where Javon Hargrave was going to Man. go. I hadn't heard the 49ers at no, all. There they were lying in the weeds, the right, Cardinals. Mike? Yeah. I think, I, think, I, think the Car- I think the Cardinals are just ready to concede the rest of the decade, but the 49ers definitely are not. They get Hargrave on a four-year deal. After he had been a free agent leaving Pittsburgh, went to Philly, finished the deal, and walked away to the 49ers one of the other great teams in the NFC and defensively the very rich get very richer in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe the move of the day right there. I mean, you said it right. It's a great defense and they got better with definitely one of the, I mean, the premier defense alignment on the market as far as that's concerned. And, you know, one of the two or three best, you know, I'm going to say he's top five D tackle for sure. I'm not going to put him in Aaron Donald's Chris Jones class, but I think that next group down, Jeffrey Simmons, Javon Hargrave, you know, that group there, he's right there in that conversation. He is. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. And then you add to the 49ers, him with Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa. They have Javon Kinlaw. You know, one, I think that's also what it does. It protects Javon Kinlaw, who hasn't quite flourished yet since being the number 12 pick of the draft. He's had injury issues. So he's also kind of an insurance policy for that guy as he continues to try to develop and all that. But wow, I mean, yeah, I did not see that coming. I, you know, And then it's a double whammy too, Mike, because I had heard the Browns were really interested in Hargrave. But, you know, we know the Eagles wanted him back. The, the 49ers, they, they, they threw more cash at Javon Hargrave. And got it done. And, I mean, wow, is right. You talked to Rich Get Richer. That defensive line now with him, uh, one of the best pass rushing D tackles in the game. And then, of course, damn good in the run game. Uh, that was uh, maybe the, the signing of the day for, for the top-notch Super Bowl-type teams.
And it's a difficult balance, too, because you have a guy in Nick Bosa who is already one year overdue for his second contract, Defensive Player of the Year. And I don't think you make that move for Hargrave unless you are damn sure you're going to find a way to keep Bosa. No doubt. You know, in the past, remember when? Remember they had to make the decision? Right. And they they had to trade. Uh, why am I blanking on the name of the guy they sent to the Colts for a first round oh, pick? Uh, uh, you know it. Yeah. I just uh, don't right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm 57. <laughs> but you don't know Buckner. it either. And you're 42. DeForest Buckner. <laughs> Thank you. So, I, was I mean, choking. sometimes you got to make those choices. <laughs> right. When you got too many. I Again, I have an excuse. I'm much older than you, and I'm expected to forget <laughs> things. But DeForest Buckner had to go. So you bring in Javon Hargrave. Surely Nick Bosa's not going anywhere. Right, right. Surely they haven't lost their damn minds. So I think it's just a matter of time before Bosa gets his contract. And this underscores it. You don't do this deal unless you're ready to give Bosa what he wants. And it's just a matter of time before they do it. Yeah, agreed. I don't think they're – I mean, Nick Bosa is going to be primary target number one for the 49ers. I mean, it's – him or Micah Parsons or T.J. Watt and Chris Jones are the best defensive players in football. And he's, in, like, totally scheming, pouring to them. He's loved by the fan base. You're right, Mike. The one thing with the 49ers, even though not a ton of, like, salary cap space, when you break them down, because when they signed Javon Hargrave yesterday, too, I was a little like, man, wait, how are they going to do all this? But you start to break them down. You know, the, the one thing they got going in their directions is no, no big quarterback contract and Jimmy G's gone. You know, okay, McGlinchey, you know, we'll talk about him. They lost him. They didn't have to pay a big right tackle. But, you know, a lot of their, you know, big players, they got their ducks in a row, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Fred Warner, the contract's figured out. They don't have to worry about it for a while. Dre Greenlaw, they got that in a good spot. Trent Williams, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Ayuk still on a rookie contract. Kittle's coming to the end. That could be interesting to see what happens when it all shakes out. But, you know, I think for a team – that's top notch. They kind of are able to plan to the for the future right now because they got their marquee guys already planned for and accounted for to where they can make moves like this and give a big payday to to a Javon Hargrave. As expected, Mike McGlinchey right tackle out. He goes to the Denver Broncos. And look, there was never any real expectation they were going to keep him. And that's one of the buyer beware realities of free agency. I haven't said it yet this year. I must be slipping. Buyer beware. Getting old. But but when you have a guy who spent his entire career with one team and they haven't signed him to a new contract and they're not aggressive about keeping him, it tells you something. Now, sometimes you can have a coaching change, philosophy change, but McGlinchey's been there the whole Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch tenure. So I think it just makes it critical to do even more research and understand why it is a team is making a decision to move on from a guy that they drafted and developed and that is now a free agent. And, you know, one of the realities is when you're part of a great team, other teams may view you as better than you are. You sure, know, if sure. Mike McGlinchey had been languishing with a crap team the last few years, would he really have attracted the attention of the Broncos? I don't know. I think part of it is you're with the 49ers. There's an aura that that comes with it, and there's an opportunity to take a little chunk out of one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised that uh, we haven't seen. Well, we have seen an aggressive. We have seen an aggressive effort to attack the Eagles. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of an attack on the Chiefs. But that's the key. You you have a way to kind of even out the talent if you target the players with the best teams, even if those players wouldn't be 
the best free agents if they were with a crap team. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Chiefs, too, you know, like we just talked about during the Super Bowl, they got a young team. They don't got a lot of, like, huge free agents where you go, oh, wow, their team could be totally disrupted. Juan Thornhill, Orlando Brown, we hit on that. But you're right. You know, it's certainly not the Eagles situation. The 49ers situation, I can speak to this, and I don't think, you know, my friend Kyle Shanahan would have any issue. He really likes Mike McGlinchey. I know that. He always liked Mike McGlinchey. I think this is more of a case, Mike, where they wanted Mike McGlinchey, but you got a new team, right? That a new, Not a new team, but a team with a new coach who's trying to set a new narrative and build a new culture, and he's got some money, and he's trying to rebuild his quarterback who's heavily invested in. And, you know, if you got to overpay for a guy to kind of set forth your new culture and your new way of life, and it's an important position – like right tackle, you know, I, to me it looked more like, you know, it was just one of those where Denver was desperate to change it. The 49ers probably had a mark or a number where they went, wait, we'll go to that number. Denver exceeded that, and now Mike McGlinchey's at right tackle, which, you know, I will say, I think you heard me say, I, I would be shocked if Sean Payton didn't go all in on big, big feckers, okay, because he likes big feckers. All right, so I thought he would go all in on big feckers to protect Russell Wilson and start this revamping of his confidence and all of that stuff there. You like that, you fecker? <laughs> I've, I've uh, created a feckin' monster. <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, we'll talk more about the Broncos spending right. spree later in the program. Let's stay focused on the 49ers, cool. though. They also lost safety Jimmy Ward to the Texans. He's following D'Amico Ryan's new coach in Houston, former defensive coordinator of the 49ers. Look, this one was, was – not a surprise because they kept safety to Sean Gibson. Ward got bumped to slot corner last year. He really right. didn't like it. So now he gets a chance, presumably, to go to Houston and play safety. Unless D'Amico Ryan says, hey, I really liked you at slot corner last year. Would you mind sliding <laughs> right. down there? So Ward goes there. The one the one that, that it was one of those that I hadn't thought of, but yeah. it made me think of things you've said in the past about Kyle Shanahan and what he thinks of certain quarterbacks. Sam Darnold. Yeah. There goes, there goes the Tom Brady discussion. They slammed the door on Tom Brady in Miami. They slammed the door on Tom Brady in San Francisco because now the guy who's there is the insurance against Brock Purdy and Trey Lance not getting it done is Sam Darnold, the third overall pick in the 2018 draft, who by way of New York to Carolina now is a San Francisco 49er back on the West Coast, a little bit north than where he was at USC. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, you're, you're saying it right. And, and yeah, I think Shanahan's had his eye on Sam Darnold for, for quite some time. I think he liked him coming out of the draft. I think when he was available from the Jets before he went to Carolina, there was conversations about bringing Sam Darnold in. And I think for the scenario, you know, they're stuck in right now, he's, he's a great fit for what they want to do. One, I think – you know, he fits how Shanahan – he's good play-action passer. He's good in the pocket. He's got a quick release, right? You know, he's a lot like a Brock Purdy in a lot of ways. Maybe has more high-end physical ability, but maybe hasn't been taught or no, just maybe not quite the natural player Brock Purdy has. Brock Purdy's got great feel. That's what makes him good. He doesn't have maybe the, the greatest speed or the biggest arm, but when you put it all together, he can just play. Sam Darnold, you know, I would say that's one thing that I'm not totally sold on. But now he's with Shanahan, and he'll teach him how to play a little bit better and, of course, have a support system that we talk about so much. So, you know, I get it. 
I get it, and uh, I think that's you know about what I expected from the 49ers, that kind of move with a guy that's played a little bit and protects them in case Brock Purdy's not ready to go to start the year. The Eagles, as mentioned, have been rated. Javon Hargrave to Man. the 49ers. Linebacker TJ Edwards jumps to the Chicago Bears and safety Marcus Epps all gone. The only good news yesterday for the defending NFC champions, center Jason Kelsey decides to come back for another season, signs the deal. They're excited Doing about that, shots. but they've got plenty. They've got, yeah, they were, what were they? They were drinking something. Mezcal. Is that what they were drinking? I, I, Is that some, what it was? I I'm not exactly sure. They went double know. here. And like, I wanted to be like, hey, man, Howie's got to watch out, you know, because that guy's double the size of him. So. Uh, that yeah, Howie's about a buck oh five. <laughs> uh, right, right. I thought at first when I saw this, they were they were giving a little cheers to like they heard a rumor that Howie heard a rumor you might have bought some clothes that fit you better, and that's what they were cheering to. But shut up. <laughs> but then I figured it all out here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kelsey back, and that may be the only that may, may, maybe maybe Howie maybe Howie was taking that shot both to celebrate and to. A wallow in despair as he sees the revolving door with more guys leaving than arriving. But that's that's they knew this was coming. Yes, that's they knew right. it all year. Twenty free agents, and you have to kind of strategically let guys go. Fans freak out when the names leave, just because it's a recognizable name. Who's going to replace him? What are we going to do? Right. I'll give you an example. My son, my son, my son's all nervous about what the Vikings are doing. What yeah. are they doing? What are right. they doing? Who are they going to sign? What are they going to do? And he's kind of soured on Patrick Peterson, a guy that I love. So my son's complaining about Patrick Peterson. He's too old. He's too old. He's too old. He signs with the Steelers, and my son freaks out. Oh, my gosh, they lost Patrick Peterson. You've been complaining about him Oh, uh, yeah, right, months. right. Now now he wants and him. And now right. he's gone. He forced with somebody else, gone. and now he wants him back. Right, right. It's the guy who lost his girlfriend, yeah. and now I want her back. Wait, he's, she's with another guy? I liked her. Oh, no. How could she do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we'll talk about so, your Vikings, but I, I hear you there, yeah. Hey, but, but the Eagles have a plan. My point is the Eagles have a plan. And part of the plan is going to entail watching guys leave. I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to replacing those yes. guys with someone else. They retooled a Super Bowl championship team and, and were a contender the whole way. Right. It wasn't like they they went to they didn't do the Jaguars thing where they they went all the way to the bottom and then came back to the top. They were good all throughout as they're changing the tire on the moving car and they're back in the Super Bowl five years later. So uh, I, I have faith that the Eagles have a plan for I'm whatever they're doing. The, ben- the well, Bengals let me, lost. Let me a just say one thing safeties. about that, real Go ahead. quick. Oh, just one thing. You know, you mind Go if ahead. I talk about the Eagles for a Please second? Do. You jerk. I mean, geez. Please do. <laughs> no, but I'm 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 trying to keep us on track. You're right, so though. The, the, so we don't do a one-hour segment. Well, Howie Howie always has a plan, though, and they got you know draft picks galore, right? So they're going to have to retool their team a little bit. There's only so many free agents and so many people they can pay. So they're going to have to work some of this draft angle. You're right, you know. And hey, the other thing that's that's interesting to me, you know, just with the Jason Kelsey thing to hit on that, is just that. Uh, I mean, we know he's awesome. He's a Hall of Fame center. I mean, he's on his way there. You know, th- they drafted his replacement last year, right, in the second round. Can't, what a Jurgens from Nebraska, who's damn good center. So I'm interested now to see how they kind of play that out there. Because I, I, their right guard, Isaac Siomolo, right, he's a free agent. 
So I could see them maybe going Kelsey, and then they had Landon Dickerson, who was also a center at Alabama that plays left guard, and now they move Jurgens to right guard for you know a year before maybe he takes over at center out you know next year when Kelsey's gone. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. The Eagles. Let's not be worried about them. They got plenty of riches to to rebuild this, and Howie's the man. Assuming he is gone next year, I mean we've been assuming yeah, maybe he's you're gone right. next right. year, next year, right. next year for how many years now? So we'll see how much longer he keeps going. But clearly he's still getting it done at a very high level. Okay, now the Bengals. A couple of safeties gone. Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell. The the Jesse Bates situation is no surprise. Franchise tagged last year. They drafted his replacement in Daxton Hill. That's right. He knew this was coming. As long as Hill did enough to check the box that he could step in, Jesse Bates was going to be gone. And, yes, Jesse Bates is a good player. And the reality is you got to pay Joe Burrow. you got to pay Jamar Chase. you got to figure something out with T. Higgins. There are going to be positions on the team where you just have to say, well, it was fun. But now we have to go with someone dramatically younger, dramatically cheaper, so we can have a full roster of players who complement each other. We keep our best players at the positions where it's the hardest to find great players, and we just go out and find replacements like at running back, like at safety. That's why I think Joe Mixon is still in jeopardy of having something yeah. happen. All these running backs with the eight-figure salaries who are five, six, seven years into their careers. I think they have to wonder what's going to happen because uh, teams that are trying to manage the cap realize that's the easy spot because we go out and we find somebody right out of college and uh, that, that person's going to come in and get it done. So last year the Bengals found it with Daxton Hill at safety. Jesse Bates leaves. This year they could do more of a, of a hot change with running back, with mixing out and somebody else in. So this is just part of what the Bengals are dealing with as they get ready to give a huge pile of money to Joe Burrow. Chris. Yeah, you're right. They, they got they got some things on the horizon that they, they got to be worried about a little bit. Like Jesse Bates, I'm, I'm with you. Nobody's shocked that Jesse Bates left town. You know, there was an issue going back to training camp last year. He is a hell of a player. He really is. I love watching Jesse Bates play. But you, you said it. They, they drafted his replacement. He was almost exactly the same guy. When we were talking about safeties last year in the draft process, before he was picked by the Bengals, I said, this guy's Jesse Bates, right? That is Daxton Hill guy. He's Jesse Bates. Well, they drafted him, and now we know why. Von Bell was a little bit of a shock. I thought he might be a guy they can maybe keep, you know, uh, up there in years a little bit as far as, you know, veteran football player. But Damn, still a good player, good leader. You know, that was a good signing by E.J. Evero and Frank Reich and company there in Carolina. Um, but, yeah, now I am interested with the Bengals as far as who is going to be that other safety opposite of Daxton Hill. That's going to be interesting to see. But I think the main thing is, you're right, they're going to have to lose some players. There's only so many they can keep right now. You know, they're, they, they got some Dean Lyman they're paying. You know, the O-line's got to continue to be a priority when you got Joe Burrow, like you said, so they're going to have to continue to invest in that. You know, you, and then Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Higgins, they're all, I, you know, those are probably the, the three biggest priority. They want to keep the three amigos together there. So uh, you're right. They're going to lose some really good players, and it's a shame to see it happen, but, uh, you know, the, they're still a talented football team. I had a flashback to the 70s as you, were, as you were discussing that because there was a time in the NFL where the players never left until they retired or the team was done with right. them. They just couldn't go anywhere. They had no options. And college was, you know, three, four years, and then they're gone. Three, four years, and then they're gone. And when you compare that to the NFL, it was less satisfying because you'd have this NFL team that would coalesce and just continue, just like, you know, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Cowboys of the 70s, the Raiders, the Dolphins. And uh, 
the NFL systematically over the past 30 years is kind of the way college has always been. Um, you, you have guys for a relatively short period of time, and they're, they're going to be gone, and you have to replace them, and that's why the draft is so important. Draft and develop, and some guys you keep, and some guys you have to move on from. You can't keep them all, and if you try to keep them all, you're just going to get things too far out of whack. It's just not going to work, and that's what the Bengals are realizing. It's one of the curses of having a great team. When you're a bad team, it doesn't matter because there's no one you want to keep. When you're, when you're a good team, it's a problem because there's too many guys you want to keep, and you've got to make some hard decisions. They did re-sign linebacker Jermaine Pratt to a three-year deal in Cincinnati. So yeah, they good. kept a guy on the day they lost two. He's damn good. He's a damn good linebacker. One of the most underrated linebackers in football. Uh, him and Wilson in the middle are quite the duo, and they are a big reason that defense has been so good the last few years. Maybe not a superstar, but you know certainly a big piece of fabric to what they do. So, yeah, you're right. It's good they got to keep him there. All right. Uh, so, the Bills, another team, a contender to mention. No uh, significant moves, but linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, gone via free agency to the Bears. We'll talk later about how the Bears went out and spent like the proverbial drunken sailors. But the Bills did add guard Carter McGovern to a three-year contract. So one for one so far. I know with the Bills, there's there's a curiosity about what they're going to do to upgrade the skill positions to compliment Stephon Diggs. What are they going to do about the running game? Naheem Hines did do a restructured deal to stay in Buffalo, but it's not like they used the guy last year anyway. He became a return specialist. They rarely use him on offense. So hopefully part of this deal is they're actually going to give him some real snaps on offense <laughs> to try to give some more options to Josh Allen. So the Bills still a work in progress, but one guy gone, one guy in, and we wait and see how it plays out. A- another significant move for the Bills yesterday, a lot of cap space created with the restructuring of the Josh Allen and Vaughn Miller contracts. So maybe some more to play with as free agency settles down in day two. Yeah, uh, the Bills are, uh, to me, like one of the most intriguing teams here in free agency in the draft, right? They, they've done a great job. Sh- Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, I mean, they've built something where they're, you know, beyond relevant every year. They've been in the, play- the Super Bowl conversation. But, you know, within that, you know, now we've looked at it and go, wait, wait, they're not really a Super Bowl team, a playoff football team, okay, certainly in that. And they're different in like, okay, well, what players are they going to get now, like we talked about when they lost to the Bengals, that can get them over the edge a little bit. You know, yeah, Von Miller was supposed to be that one guy, you know, last year that would help them. But I think what we saw and what we said during the year, right, Mike, there just needs to be a little more sizzle on their football team. There needs to be a few high-end difference makers. When we started to name out some of their guys compared to the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Niners and the Bengals and the teams that were left, you were just we were it was easy, right? We were like, oh, there's just not as many playmakers on their team as there is the other top teams in football. What are they going to do to kind of get over that hump? I'm I'm interested to see what happens. Took a blow yesterday. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is you know a long, freaky, awesome middle linebacker. Uh, but yeah, you know, a little bit like one of those things we talked about, a team trying to start a new culture, got a ton of money. They might overpay for a guy like that to kind of get their thing started there. That's a, that's a big loss for them, you know, in a transition right now without Leslie Frazier and all that, they lose the quarterback of their defense, but, uh, they still got Matt Milano there, but still a big loss in losing Edmonds. And, and this is all happening as the Dolphins are becoming the AFC's right? FM picks team and, 
there's a sense they're coalescing, they're rising, they're becoming something that the Bills need to take seriously, especially when you consider the three games played between those teams in 2022, including a playoff game where Tua Tonga-Bailoa didn't go and the Bills still were given everything they could handle by the Miami Dolphins. So, so when the Bills finally get past the Patriots, it could be before the Bills can right. fully enjoy it, the Dolphins may leapfrog the Bills, and it may be the 1970s all over again. That's how long it's been since the Dolphins have been consistently a powerhouse. Although in the 80s they had a stretch. They went to a Super Bowl. They were okay. They weren't like they were in the 70s, right. and it has been a long time since they've won a Super Bowl. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We're not that far over. Wow. We we're get- waiting, though. Maybe, maybe by the time we come back from the break, we'll have an answer. I doubt that we will. Everything is quiet as it relates to Aaron Rodgers. Is it because that's the way he wants it? explore that when pft live continues right after deets and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I forgot about Blinded by Mike White. Again, every time I have a moment like that, now I wonder whether it's the beginning of the inevitable decline. Um, I was going to say something else, and now I've completely lost track of it. One of the Belichick books, I think it's the one that was written by, damn it, Father Time begins the process of clunking them over the head with, I still, I always forget, it's a big, 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 uh, what's that thing called? I have it downstairs. The, in, well, I can't even remember the name of it now, but it's about Bill Belichick. It's not a stopwatch. Hourglass, big hourglass, yeah, right. the, the. The, the staff, whatever it is. This is all spontaneous. This is all, what's that word? What's that word? Impromptu? Uh, improv. It's all improv. But I'm getting used to that. It's happening so often that I'm getting used to it. Oh, that Gee, was that really was, good. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I didn't swell. realize how often you do forget, you know, your train of thought. We had another one today with DeForest Buckner. Couldn't think of that. Damn. 
All right. I guess it's official. Old timer. I forgot. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. You fucking old timer, you. <laughs> All right. So that's fine. That's fine. Hey, I, I remember years ago. One thing I do remember from years ago, when I read Mitch Album's book, Tuesdays with Maury, it really did give me a, a serenity about the reality that you have one life, you live every year, and if you're fortunate, you grow old. If you're fortunate, you grow old. And I'll I'll play that card from time to time with somebody who's being a snot-nosed punk on Twitter, and, you know, they call you old. It's like, hey, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you will be too one day. Right. That's how it works. Yes. Right? I was the 21-year-old punk once, and at some point between 21 and 57, I acquired the perspective that helped me realize we all get one ride, we make the most of it, and then we die. And that's okay because it happens to everyone. Death is undefeated. So uh, on that happy note. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We're all going to die. Well, you know what? It's kind of one of the themes of the Banshees of Inishirin where I learned the word feck. So it's the trade-off because that movie is kind of bleak and fatalistic, but it's part of, the, part of its charm, I guess. Okay, uh, quarterback <laughs> news. Doom Before we get to Aaron Rodgers, yes. there was a deal done yesterday, blinded by Mike White. Oh, baby. He's headed to South Florida as the backup to Tuatonga to Law. I do need to say this, though, Chris, because – I know you love the move, but you you and I both agreed that they need somebody durable. And durable is something I would not attach to Mike White. I, Every time he gets a chance to play, what happens? Yeah, he's he's kind of lanky. I hear he's, you. He's, you know, he got, he got, he got an old rib injury from the Bills. Well, that's one of the various injuries Tua Tonga-Vailoa's had. So I... I don't know that this is the level of durability maybe they were hoping for. I, I, I mean, I, I hear you there. That's certainly a fair question. You know, and now this offense and I think where this offense is and the problems they give you and all that, you know, maybe he is going to be able to protect the quarterback a little bit better than he was, you know, last year with the Jets where they were beat up on the offensive line and had issues when, when he was taken over. But, yeah, it's two years in a row, right? It's, it's last year. It's the year before that on the Thursday night football game against the Indianapolis Colts where he finally, you know, was getting his, what, his second start or something along those lines, and he got hurt in that game and had to come out. So I hear you. But, damn, it is a good signing. It is. But I, I worry. I mean, I, I joke and always say it, 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 it's, you don't want Mr. Glass to be backing up Mr. Glass, right? And they had that in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, Mike White, yeah, has not shown to be the most durable, but, damn, he's one of the better backups in football. We know that. You know, he's a borderline bridge starter type quarterback, really awesome backup, and, you know, what's WFAN and the Jets fans going to do without Mike White? I mean, he was the future. Find somebody else. Uh, no, he was the future. He was the, the savior. What are they going to do now? Tuanon and Mike White, WFAN, and the Miami South, the South, you know, Florida sports scene coming together. Watch out. <laughs> well, you know, you're right. If Mike White gets a chance to play, if he gets a chance to captivate the locker Watch room out. and start wearing Mike F and White t-shirts, you're going to have an issue, Tuanon. You're on notice, Tuanon. Here, how about this, though? How would you have felt if the Dolphins had signed Sam Darnold instead of Mike White? I, I'm not going to say you I would felt have, better. I, I don't know if I would have felt no a whole lot different there. I don't think I, I don't think I would have. Maybe I think there's more potential for Sam Darnold with high end talent. 
But I think, you know, from what I've seen, Mike White has shown he can play. I don't know if there's a great difference there. You know, this was a, a, a much a much needed type of move by the Miami Dolphins. You gotta protect your football team, you gotta protect against Tua and the injury history, right? They're really damn good. We know that. You were just talking a second ago. I mean, it's like Super Bowl type Super Bowl roster. You know, it, it's a team that you sit there and go, I, I think if Tua played in that wild card game, they would have beat the Bills. They they had them that day. It's just they couldn't get any offense going together. Getting get it together there. So I, I think the move is, is smart. But the durability thing I think is certainly probably the one negative or fair thing to question here in that move, Mike. Yeah. Um, and, look, they still have Skylar Thompson, who they like. I right. just don't think that he's he's proven that he can be the number two. Right. And it may be Mike White for a year and then Skylar Thompson in 20. 20- 24 Mike White's contract is structured such that it really is a one-year deal with an option for the second year once you dig into the details you really see what these deals are worth he can't double his money in incentives based on regular season and postseason achievement but he would have to play a lot to get to that point but again it gives them the protection they're looking for what about you as they embark on with the Mike White or the Sam Darnold thing you know what's your what was your view on that that question you asked me I thought that was a good question well well because if Kyle Shanahan loves Sam Darnold, I would say Mike McDaniel loves him too. He can run that offense. He's mobile. He's a guy that can do the things that, that maybe that run-based scheme would call upon a quarterback to do. And I just, I, you know, Sam Darnold has had injuries. I mean, look, a lot of quarterbacks have injuries. Well, when you're I on just, some bad teams, I think it's going to happen. Critical. You know. Right. It's just critical to find somebody that you can count on, that you know you can count on to stay on the field if Tua Tonga-Vailoa can't play. Right. But it's usually – it's one of the traits of an established starter is finding a way to stay on the field. One of the reasons the guy's a backup is because he hasn't been available to his team, and that is one of the factors that contributes to him not being a starter. So, bottom line, Sam Darnold and Mike White both enter the backup phase of their careers, but Darnold has a little bit more of an opening because who the hell knows what's going to happen in San Francisco. So, from the player's perspective, it's better for Darnold to be in San Francisco. He's clearly number two if he's in Miami. Mike White is clearly number two behind Tua Tonga-Vailoa, but he's the insurance policy in the event that they need him. Just don't get too smitten with Mike White lest you piss off Two and on. Uh, Q and on, keeping a close eye on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Sorry, that <laughs> transition was too easy to not seize upon. So here's what happened yesterday. Trey Wingo, who was the first one to link the meeting, the Jets right. to Aaron Rodgers. Right. Right. The meeting. When, when that first, when I first, because I remember it was a week ago, I saw that he had tweeted that just after midnight, and I thought, what am I going to do with this? Because. <sighs> You know, what I just what do I do with this? Well, others backed it up. And so yesterday, and the tweet is still out there. Let's just make sure that he hasn't deleted it. Um, I'm just scrolling, scrolling, walking the mile. Uh, wait a minute. Did he, t- did he delete it? I don't, I'm going to have to confirm that it's still out there. He did tweet. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Sorry. Found it now. Hearing Rogers to the Jets is done. Now, that's a strong statement. Hearing Rodgers to the Jets is done. History about to repeat itself between New York and Green Bay. Time is indeed a flat circle. So, usually what happens when there's something like that, something that's seismic, something that monumental, then all the others fall in line. Well, the others didn't fall in line. The others are like, there's no deal. Nothing's done yet. Now, 
I've heard something along the lines of what Wingo said. Not that it's done. Right. Clearly not official. Right. But that's the direction it's moving. And the latest information I got last night, this is unconfirmed, but what the hell, I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. They're waiting for the Packers to give the final blessing, incantation, approval, whatever. Uh, dispensation, that's not the word for that. But they're waiting for the Packers to sign off on it. Why the hell wouldn't they? They want to get rid of the guy. Are they getting? Get, are they going to get greedy at the 11th hour? They're, they're escaping from their Alcatraz yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Don't look back. Don't ask for more. Take it and get the hell out. This is what you wanted, Mark Murphy. If this is true, if they're waiting for the Packers to get the final blessing, don't screw around and blow this up and have Aaron Rodgers say, fine, you owe me $60 million fully guaranteed. And if you don't want to play me, I'll happily sit the bench for $60 million. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, when I hear like things like that, I think, ooh, ooh, that sounds like the Jets, you know, the optics of the trade might look better for the Jets, and they're worried about how that's going to look and how they're going to sell that to their fan base. You know, I had also heard, you know, Mike, just from in the NFL universe that, yeah, along the lines of what you were saying, and there was just details trying to get figured out whether you know there was a package of players that were going to be involved, as in what like Sauce Gardner alluded to. You know, I got the feeling that kind of that was being figured out along just getting his buddies there, getting all the ducks in a row here to where he could feel comfortable and you know kind of you know, start to have his tentacles with other players that he trusts to start spreading his word and his way of life throughout the locker room. That's how I kind of envisioned it. Um, but I'm still here expecting it to happen and, you know, would think it's going to happen here in the next day. I mean, uh, you know, I'm shocked it didn't happen yesterday, but, you know, maybe he's tomorrow's the cutoff line. I don't know what it is. He's been able to play this game that – and I don't know if he's deliberately playing the game, but he defines when he needs to get this done, I think, differently than others. And in his mind, the deadline has always been the start of the league year. And as far as his contract is concerned, that clearly is the deadline because something has to be done with that cap number. You've got a gigantic salary that becomes an option bonus that knocks the cap number down. If he's not going to stay with Green Bay, they need to trade him before they have to deal with that. So tomorrow really is the deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern when the when the salaries officially kick into the the new league year. Uh, but but still, it and and I don't think I think it's a combination of he doesn't care about you know what the fans are wondering and what the media is thinking, and I also think he enjoys being in a position where uh, he's the center of attention and also. People don't know things about him. We played that clip at the start of the show, how the insiders don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about me. It's like, okay, well, you've managed to keep details of your football life away from the prying eyes of people who make their living finding out details of players' football lives. Like, yippee, you win. Do you get a trophy for that? Who cares? It's just kind of a weird thing to be concerned about because every player in the NFL, especially the prominent ones, are subject to this curiosity and this effort to find out details about what they're going to do. So it's just weird that he cares. Like, you know, if he's in this phase of plant medicine and self-love and all these other things, why do you care if somebody finds out what you're going to do? Really? So either way, if we don't know by 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, it is a major problem for the Packers. Uh, but I, I suspect that, that between now and then, 
We'll know. And it's definitely pointing toward the Jets. Yeah. One of the things I heard yesterday is he's involved in recruiting others right come join him that's kind of what i was hearing exactly why would you be doing that if you're not going there? exactly exactly that's kind of what i had heard through the grapevine as well it'd be you know we'll we'll see what happens but yeah i I mean hey you know you said the packers certainly want the decision the jets i mean damn both of these teams are in some weird positions here Uh, the jets have lost some of their guys that were their insurance policies if they don't get aaron Rodgers. i know Derek carr oh okay you know I'd been told there was talks with Jimmy Garoppolo. So they lost that, and that happened, you know, with the Raiders yesterday. So they, there were some sort of conversations there because they obviously maybe were worried Rodgers might not, you know, go their way. So that that's going to be the interesting thing here to me is, you know, one, what are the Jets going to do if he says, no, I'm just going to retire or I'm going to go back to Green Bay? You know, yeah, Green Bay, it's hard to make him the next move in free agency and do some of that without knowing what the money's going to be. But, I mean, ultimately, I would think the Jets have the more of the power here in this conversation just because of the things we talked about. You know, yesterday we hit on it, the way it looks. I mean, they're, they're, the Packers are ready to move on. They want to wash their hands of this. They want to start a new era of football there. You know, and if you want to get a guy with that type of contract and that type of personality and just how much of a power player he is in your organization, yeah, you might have to – trade them for a hair less than the public thinks you might have to trade them for uh, just to get that done. Like you said, don't mess it up. So I, you know, I don't know to me, Mike, I think the the jets have more of the edge here in this one or more power than the Packers in this conversation. Remember the jets ultimately gave a third round pick to the Packers for Brett Favre yeah. for their one year with Brett Favre. Right. That's all they got. It was a formula, a four, a three, a two or a one or three first-round picks if the Jets retraded him to a team in the NFC North. That's how desperate they were to keep him out of the division at a time when the Vikings would have signed Brett Favre in a heartbeat. So I, I, I just I don't think the Packers are in a position to be greedy, and I do think the Jets have more leverage right now after Mark Murphy said what he said on Friday. That turned this thing. That made this thing obvious that the Packers want to move on. Do you see a scenario where Brett Favre will return as a starter? Well, yeah, if things don't work out the way we want. What the hell is that? What, what is that? And then, you know, he starts speaking of him as, well, Brett had a great career here. Aaron had a great career. We'll bring him back. We'll retire his jersey. Like, he's, he's still alive and on your roster. Yeah. So they made it clear and that's the kind of thing that the delicate genius is going to be miffed by we've known aaron Rodgers from afar at least me long enough to know that's the kind of thing that's going to piss him off that's the kind of thing that's going to get him to you know react in some way and even if his reaction is i'm just going to drag my feet a little yeah bit it might longer. be that so i just, i think right now that if this true if this is true that the packers are the ones Waiting to give the final approval to this. Don't screw around. Don't screw it up. Because Aaron still has the nuclear option of saying, I'm not leaving. Yeah. I, and Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were going to say one more thing there. But, yes, he still has that option. You're right. Drag your feet, certainly. But, you know, even back to the Murphy comments, you know, one, it shows you they want to move on. Two, I don't even think you make those comments or what unless you feel like, wait, the parameters and details of a deal with the Jets are already done, you know, for the most part. You know, maybe a few minor, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, but, you know, so there's there's 
two things there that make me believe, yeah, one, they're done, and to make those comments to think, okay, we got our ducks in a row or things ready here for when Rodgers gives us the okay, we can make the move and go. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, again, I don't know where the hell it's going to go. I, I, I'm expecting him to be a Jets quarterback within the next 24 hours, but, damn, if he's not, holy crap, what are the Jets going to do? We've talked in the past about Rodgers being the one who's ready to go parachuting and not ready to jump out of the plane. It may be that the Packers, after all this time, are just processing the reality that they are indeed moving on from Aaron Rodgers, a process that began three years ago when they traded up in the first round of the draft to get Jordan Love. And this is, they're getting what they want. They're, they're just taking that one last deep breath before it happens. I mean, I've had that. Haven't we had that feeling before? Like, usually it happens for me when I get a new car and I see the old one rolling away. You, you become wistful about the car that you've gotten rid of, even though you've gotten a new one. You kind of want to figure out a way to keep both if you could. I mean, there's just that, that, that finality of it. I think that's what it is. Closure, finality, whatever word we want to use. That's kind of what may be going on. And you're right. The Jets are screwed at this point if they don't get Aaron Rodgers because Jimmy Garoppolo, one of their key plan Bs, is gone. Right. Uh, Derek Carr already gone with the Saints. Those are the three names that were tied to the Jets before we got toward March. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers. And if Rodgers is out, the other ones are out too. I don't know if you make a run for Lamar Jackson. I don't know what you do I know. at this point if you're the New York Jets. I mean, we talked yesterday about the possibility of trading for Matthew Stafford, which can't be ruled out completely if the Jets go into full-blown desperation mode. I, 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 I mean, I really, I'm like popcorn ready. What the hell are the Jets going to do if Aaron Rodgers says no? You know, like I said, I, I was told by a reliable source that there was a, 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 a play or certainly some serious conversations for Jimmy Garoppolo because they were worried and, you know, hey, maybe we just go with him and we don't hey, – Aaron Rodgers, we don't even mess with it and, and wait for his decision. But, yeah, I mean, you, now you get into, the, you get into the, te- the category of, whoa, Lamar Jackson, right? And, and then after that, Mike, I mean, I don't even know the other names. Then it goes into Baker Mayfield, right? I, I think that's where you end, would end up going unless there's some trade partner or option that – I'm not aware of or I can't think of, uh, yeah, that would be the most interesting thing of this whole process if Rodgers says no, but I don't know. They're Jared just, Goff? I, try to get Jared Goff from the Lions? Maybe. I mean, I just I don't see them making that move, and but, you know, maybe there they are in the draft. Uh, gosh, that's that's a huge gamble for that football team. I don't know if they would do that right now. But you're right. I mean, options are limited. I don't know. Is there somebody else that we're not thinking okay. about? Yeah. So, hey, look, here's the bottom line. Yeah. The Packers do have some leverage in all yeah, of this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right? That brings they're, it back. It's, so it does. They're, they're, playing, they're playing with dry dynamite because they could end up blowing off, you know, an appendage or two of their own if this doesn't happen. But the Jets need Aaron Rodgers at this point. The guys who are out there are Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, Blaine Gabbert, Drew Locke, which isn't as crazy as it sounds. But but uh, none of the guys you that you, know, they want to bring in to be for starters him. for a team that we all look at well, like that's ready to make a run in the AFC, right? 
Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. How's Gardner Minshew got no action? He's a free agent for the first time in his career. How did his name not even come up yesterday? Um, but but I'm not saying he would be the answer either. Yeah, right. Here's the problem. You. It is a long way down from Aaron Rodgers. I don't yeah. care who it is. And and the only way they're going to save face if they don't get Aaron Rodgers is to make a play for Lamar Jackson or trade for Matthew Stafford. And that noise has been out there that maybe the Rams would like to do it. Yes, it would be a huge cap hit, but it gets them out of a mess contractually. It avoids $57 million guaranteed that vests on Friday. So um, that's... We, we, it's one of the reasons why maybe the Jets throw another log onto the fire to get this thing done, and maybe that's what the Packers are doing. But from the perspective of what does Aaron Rodgers – well, Matt Casey's chiming in that he does not want Jared Goff as a Jets fan. But what does Aaron Rodgers want? The indications yesterday are that he's ready to become a Jet. Um, and, uh, again, is, is he dragging his feet just – because he can, because he wants to show that the people who thought they knew what was going on yesterday are wrong, so he can go on McAfee's show today and say, nobody knows shit about me. Um, or, or does he just want to unveil it on McAfee's show today? That's possible as well. Somebody raised that with me last night, the wow. possibility that he's going to announce it today on that show. Wow, that would be a very nice favor for, for Pat McAfee to make that announcement. Uh, I'm sure he gets well compensated I'm to go sure. on that show. I'm yep. sure I'm sure he gets well compensated. Yeah, I, I don't so, doubt that at all. Uh, but, yeah, we'll all be waiting. It's, it's certainly the, the number, you know, that and Lamar right now are the number one things to pay attention to or at least, you know, see where this whole thing goes as far as drama is concerned. You mentioned Garoppolo. He exited the market pretty quickly. It came out yesterday the Raiders and the Texans were looking at him with the Jets as a potential as the fallback, as we've discussed, to Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders get the deal done. Three years, $72.75 million. We've got the full breakdown at PFT. Now, look, the real guarantee is in the eye of the beholder. I could view this as a $22.5 million one-year deal. Exactly. Yes, there's an $11.25 million roster bonus that's fully guaranteed for next year. But if he goes somewhere else and gets $11.25 million, the Raiders are off the hook for that. So uh, it really is one year, 22.5, and then we'll see. If they really were going to guarantee a two-year stay, they would have guaranteed the base salary at signing as well. The base salary next year isn't guaranteed the roster bonus is. And there's huge per-game roster bonuses in there uh, to account for the reality that the guys missed a lot of games. Um, so, you know, this is clearly lower end of the middle of the pack right now in the NFL. It's not, it's not even close to the deal he did with the 49ers five years ago, which at the time, for a brief period of time, was the richest deal ever in NFL history until they got leapfrogged by Kirk Cousins. It was $27.5 million. Even if he stays all three years and gets the the the, the full twenty, what is it? It's twenty twenty two five or something like that per year. Um, it, it's it's you know, Peter King has been lobbying for a true middle class for quarterback contracts. This is low middle class for quarterback contracts. And Chris, the structure tells me the Raiders are still in play for a quarterback in the top 10. Right. I, I, I agreed. I don't think anything's off the table with the structure of the contract, right? You know, but, but they had to make a somewhat of an aggressive move. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, that's the first thing. We're kind of stuck in after the Panthers made the trade up to go to number one, where if they're looking for a pocket passing drop back type of quarterback, 
you know, there might not be the options they like that are there where they're picking right now. They could be a team that was left out, like we talked about, to where, they okay, nothing that they like that fits the way they want to play offense is available, so they had to protect themselves. But within that and what you're talking about and how the contract's set up, yeah, now, oh, wait, wait, the guy, we didn't think this guy would fall here. He's here. We could take him. Okay, we're only tied to Jimmy G for a year. We can develop him, blah, blah, blah. Also, if Jimmy G doesn't play great next year, it's just okay, and they go, ooh, we want more, and it ends up being a great quarterback draft class next year, they'll have the flexibility to dive into that conversation then. And I think it's a win-win for both. If you're Jimmy Garoppolo too, right, Mike? I mean, Houston Texans, Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, it's not even close. Uh, whoa, I get to go with Josh McDaniels and – Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and the number one running back in football and Hunter Renfro. So I think from all those angles, you know, it made sense from the Raiders who were stuck in a, stuck in a tough spot. But for Garoppolo, if he wants to further his career, get another big contract after this, I think he put himself in the right place. And, of course, they got history together, and he'll know the system and all that. So it made, made a lot of sense for me, for sure. Um. I'm looking at the breakdown now because yeah. I got uh, the numbers a little bit jumbled uh, again. Because you were on the right track, though. I remember five million is the average. But here's the key: this is where it becomes, and this is one of those little nuances of contract evaluation. It's twenty four point two five million, but one point five three million is tied to per game roster bonuses each year. So he's got to be he's got to be healthy. He's got to be in uniform to get another 1.53 million. So you take that off of the 24.25 and let's see how many games he's able to actually play because with Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows? It's going to be anywhere between 2 and 17. And I'm going to you set the over under at, at nine and a half, and I may take the under because that's just the at a certain point that's who you are as a player. Yeah. You get injured, you don't stay healthy. You can't be on the field, and in this case, you're not going to make all your money if that's the if that's the situation. And I keep thinking back, Chris, to what he said after the 2021 season when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and Garoppolo was you know, the lame duck, even though he ended up staying two more years. Last year was kind of a weird, fluky thing. He said, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Well, he, he may have walked right into – another situation like that. He could be this year's Mitch Trubisky, the prior year's Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. There's always a guy every year who's the starter until draft day. Yeah. And then you're, you're, yeah. you're the starter until they decide to put the rookie on the field. That's right. You know, and the, 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 the options he had, it was one or the other, right? Houston, we know they're going to, I mean, go quarterback. So he definitely was going to be in that boat if, the, if he went to Houston. You know, the Raiders, at least there's a chance that might not happen this year. There's a chance now the Raiders with where they're picking and how it shakes out to where they might just go, okay, we got our quarterback right now for the year. We're going to work with that and make it happen. And, you know, we're going to address some other spots on our football team. Damn, we need some better defensive players. Let's take a damn good defensive player in the top 10. So it gives them options. And then, you know, there's no Jared Stidham who went with the Broncos. You know, I'm sure you know, the, the Stidham could have maybe been that placeholder guy or whatever else. I don't know how that all ended up shaking out there, but obviously didn't get him, and maybe that made them even more desperate to to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, with Stidham leaving, the Jets being in the conversation, Houston being in the conversation, and it maybe made them raise the price a little bit to make sure they got Jimmy G.
All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Speaking of the Broncos, they're one of the teams that went out and spent some money. We'll focus on the teams trying to buy their way into contention. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.